Welcome back to all my naughty readers out there. I'm Chanel Ivy, and this is Chanel Ivy's Steamy Romance Reads Podcast. I hope you're ready for some wickedly sexy fun, because in this episode, we're going to experience some sensual fictional reading entertainment. I'm going to read an excerpt from two romance and erotica writer friends of mine, Laura Roberts and Chris Bedell. I assure you, these authors will not disappoint. These snippets are sure to get you all worked up. So get comfortable, sit back, relax, and let my voice pull you into these sensual stories. Our first author, Laura Roberts, has written an entire novel in just three days. Talk about being true to your trade. She writes steamy romance under the pen name Laura L'Amour and publishes books that press buttons at Button Tapper Press. She currently lives in Sacramento, California with her artist husband and their literary kitties. When she's not writing, she can be found editing manuscripts for indie authors, transcribing reality TV, watching rom-coms, testing chocolate recipes, or searching for more typewriters to add to her collection. The excerpt I'll be reading from is the book Sacramento Love. We begin with our main characters, Carlotta and Frederico, due on stage in approximately five minutes. They're already in the throes of passion, and Frederico is about to come. Carlotta has been teasing him all week during the dress rehearsals about how much she wanted to ride his baloney pony, and now finally he's inside her, pounding to the beat of the techno-remix version of Closer as she moans into the couch cushions. He isn't sure how this will affect their performance, but the show is messy anyway, so he figures they might as well enjoy themselves. This sounds like a nice dirty read. Let's get started, shall we? Oh my god, I'm almost there. She groans into the sofa where dozens of fellow thespians have experienced similar pleasures. Spurred onwards by this admission, as well as the five minutes curtain call his seconds later by the stagehand that has been searching for the pair, Frederico increases his tempo, silently chanting the lyrics to himself and spiraling down into orgasmic bliss as he feels Carlotta's cunt clamp down on his cock. They ride the wave together, her ass pushing back against his pelvis, his hips grinding a final jig before they come to a halt. You're on! The stagehand shouts as they both hurriedly pull their costumes back on. The critic in the audience notes the extra zeal with which each delivers their singular lines that night, highlighting them as rising stars in his review. That was short but sweet. Good thing we have another excerpt from Laura. This one is a piece she did under her pen name, Laura L'Amour, called Montreal Mischief, which is a novella about a Boston couple. Our main characters, Jackie and Ryan, head up to Montreal for a wicked weekend. They're explicitly looking for naughty thrills, and in this chapter, they try eating lunch at a restaurant that serves meals in total darkness. It's not long before this situation turns decidedly sexy. Let's dive right in, shall we? Jackie and Ryan enter the dimly lit foyer and request a table for two. Absolutement, the hostess replies. But first, if you don't mind placing your order here where you can find and examine the menu. Ah, yes, because it's complete darkness, is that right? Jackie asks. Oui, madame, your servers are visually impaired, and you will also experience the feeling of sightlessness during the meal. I'd like the shrimp, and my husband would like the steak. Could we also get a bottle of red wine? Certainment. Any appetizers or dessert? 
No dessert for me, Ryan says. I'd like to try the creme brulee, Jackie says. Excellent choice. Now then, the hostess says, parting the velvet curtain. Place your hands on my shoulders and I'll lead you to your table, monsieur. You can follow behind madame. Ryan places his hands on Jackie's waist and follows along in a conga line to the table. Once they've stepped past the velvet curtain, everything inside the restaurant is pitch black. He grips Jackie's hips tighter as they make their way to the table, wondering what they've gotten themselves into. Here we are, the hostess announces. Madame, allow me to seat you just here, monsieur. If you stay where you are, I will seat you in a moment. Jackie disappears from beneath Ryan's fingers and he can hear the hostess seating her somewhere in front of him. He waves one hand in front of his face but can't see anything. He waits and listens to the rustling noises of his wife getting comfortable in her seat, the clinking of silverware on plates and the hushed conversations of fellow diners all around him. And Monsieur, allow me to show you to your seat, the hostess says, taking him by the elbow and steering him towards the chair. He sits as he feels the back of his legs making contact with the leather surface. Thank you, he says. I will place your order with the kitchen now, and your server will be with you in a moment, the hostess says. Merci, Jackie says, trying out one of the few French phrases she knows. Wow, where are you? Ryan asks softly, after he assumes the hostess is gone. Here, put your hands out in front of you, Jackie says, feeling in front of her on the tabletop. She can feel the crispness of a linen tablecloth and not much else. As she moves her hands forward, tapping slowly forward, she eventually makes contact with Ryan's warm hands, and they grip hers in a tight squeeze. This is so weird, he whispers. I know, she whispers back. How many people do you think are in here with us? I'm not sure. It sounded like we passed a few tables. I assumed you would only come here with a lover, so I probably not that many. It's only lunchtime, after all. Good point. Do you think they all have romance on their minds? I can't see any other reason you'd want to eat here, really. Ryan chuckles. What's funny? Jackie asks. Just thinking about the boys back home in a place like this. Oh my god, they'd have destroyed it just walking to the table. They're your typical frat brothers. Loud, rowdy Boston boys who'd love to drink Guinness and rage it up at the bars until closing time. She shudders at the thought. Anyway, let's not talk about them. Let's talk about us. She smiles to herself, even though she knows Ryan can't see her in the darkness. What about us? Ryan asks. What are we going to do today? Jackie asks as the racy items he's been pointing out in the guidebook come to mind. Well, we're in a foreign country now. We should probably make the most of it and try as many new things as we can. He softly says as his breath lightly dances across her skin near her ear. What kind of things did you have in mind? Before he can answer, he feels Jackie's foot sliding up the inside of his leg. The soft pressure of her teasing gives him an immediate hard-on. He can't remember the last time they've actually had sex, between all their business commitments, but he's happy to note that he hasn't lost his sensitivity to her touch. Just like old times, he's ready to play whenever she gives him the slightest of hints that she's feeling frisky, too. Oh, I don't know. Maybe explore the naughty side of town? Where's that? Jack's voice is soft and husky, and her toes are now teasing the inside of Ryan's thigh. As she teases Ryan, she is feeling around her, to see just how much space they have to themselves. To her left, she can feel the restaurant's exposed brick wall, and to her right, she assumes there must be another table, somewhere. Beneath their own table is the table's pedestal, and the linen tablecloth seems to reach nearly to the floor. 
a perfect hiding place for what she has in mind. Well, I do have a few things that I'd like to show you. Ryan's voice is now like a lion's growl, and Jackie knows her teasing is having the desired effect. Bonjour, madame et monsieur. Je m'appelle Alex, comes a voice to her right. The waiter has arrived with their bottle of wine. Jackie withdraws her foot from Ryan's chair and sits up straight, even though she knows the waiter can't see her. She can feel her cheeks flushing with embarrassment, though she's not sure why. After all, isn't this supposed to be part of the dining in the dark experience? Bonjour, ça va? Jackie replies. Ça va bien et toi? He asks. Très bien, she says. But I think that's all I know how to say in French. Ah, are you Americans? Alex asks. Yes, just up from Boston for the weekend, Ryan says, impatiently to get rid of the waiter and back to his conversation with Jackie. Excellent, excellent. I hope you enjoy your meal. Here is your wine. A very good red. Jackie and Ryan can hear him pouring it into two glasses, then placing the bottle somewhere on the table. Merci, Alex. What do we do if we need you again? Jackie asks. I am just placing a bell here by your glass, he says. If you reach out to your right, there is a glass to the right of that, the bell. Thank you. You're very welcome. I will return shortly with your lunch. Jackie and Ryan both listen for Alex's departure. He is extremely quiet and his footsteps are difficult to discern in the seemingly soundproofed restaurant. Even their fellow diners are barely a dull roar, wherever they may be. You were saying, Jackie whispers to Ryan, sliding her foot back up his leg to rest against his inner thigh. Ryan reaches down to touch Jackie's probing foot. He presses his thumb firmly against the contours of her arch, and he hears her sigh with pleasure. She's always loved a good foot massage. His cock stiffens at the sighs, turning to soft moans while he works her soul up and down. Her feet are small but well-shaped, and he's always enjoyed handling them with care. He doesn't have any oil with him to give her foot the kind of attention it deserves, but he can still feel the tension melting away as he rubs and squeezes her. You're trying to make me come doing that, she whispers, flexing her foot in his hands. Oh, he replies, trying to sound innocent. He continues to rub her arch with his thumbs, enjoying the feeling of her warm foot in his lap and his erection pressing up against it. I haven't had a proper foot massage in ages. Is that what the kids are calling it these days, he quips. Mmm, is all she replies, and Ryan wonders if the other diners are eavesdropping on their naughty behavior. He, too, notices the length of the tablecloth and wonders what exactly they can get away with in the darkness of the restaurant. Before they can take things much further, Alex returns with their lunch. Et voilà, he announces, perhaps a bit louder than necessary. Madame, your shrimp? And monsieur, your steak, bon appétit? Merci, they both murmur, and listen for the sound of his departure. Do you think he stumbles upon a lot of foot massages? Ryan asks, letting go of Jackie's foot. I don't even care if he does, Jackie groans. Ryan, I need your hands all over me, and now. Here? he whispers. Please? Wait a second. I think I have a better idea, he says, feeling around on the table for the bell. Oui, monsieur? Alex has returned again. Alex, would you mind showing my wife and I to the bathroom? We'd like to wash our hands before we eat. Certainly, sir. Madame, if you will hold on to my shoulders, I will lead you, and monsieur, just follow behind us. One more forming a blind conga line, they follow the waiter as he leads them to the back of the restaurant into a small but well-lit hallway. The restrooms are lighted for your convenience, Alex announces, 
When you are finished, you can press the button on the wall and I will return to escort you back to your table. Thank you, Alex, Jackie replies. The waiter disappears as quickly as he originally appeared, and Jackie cracks the door to the ladies' bathroom for a peek inside. Come on, the coast is clear, she hisses, pulling Ryan inside. Once inside, she clicks the lock shut behind them and assaults Ryan with violent kisses. He responds to her intensity, grabbing her by the waist and pulling her in tight. His cock is straining against his jeans, eager for release, and he squeezes her ass hungrily. We've only got a few minutes before he's going to get suspicious, Jackie whispers breathlessly. How do you want me? I thought you'd never ask, Ryan replies. What about over this lovely marble sink? Kinky, Jackie murmurs as he kisses up and down her neck. She can feel her pussy getting moist at the thought of Ryan's hard cock slamming into her from behind. Let's go for it. Without another word, she slides her skin-tight jeans down to her ankles, along with her hot pink panties, and leans over the marble expanse next to the sink. She can feel her nipples harden against the cool surface through the thin t-shirt, and her labia twitches in anticipation. God, your pussy looks amazing from this angle, Ryan mutters, slipping a finger into her already moist opening. She moans in response, and he begins working a second finger lightly over her clit. Her moans deepen and his cock stiffens. Quickly slipping his cock out of his pants, he begins to work up and down the hard shaft, readying himself for the plunge. Fuck me, Ryan, she hisses. Fuck me hard. Oui, madame, he proclaims, sliding his cock deep inside her. He bobs in and out with a fast gait, fingering her clit in time, and she moans each time he slams his hips against her ass. He needs to get her there quickly, as she's already about to burst. He steps up his fingering speed and listens as her breath gets choppy, and her moans turn desperate. Oh my fucking god, she wails as she comes hard against the sink, her juices flowing onto his cock. Watching her orgasm, he lets go and pumps thrice more into her spent pussy, feeling his own release shudder through his entire body. His knees are shaking as he pulls out. That was amazing. Jackie whispers, turning around to give him a kiss. Have you always been this good at quickies? Only when my partner's a sexy damsel in orgasmic distress, he jokes and kisses her back. We'd better hurry back to our table before Alex gets suspicious. Forget lunch. I'm hungry for more of your cock, Jackie says, sliding her hand up and down his still hard shaft. Well, we'd better relocate just in case they decide to charge us for the use of their restroom by the hour. Thanks again, Laura Roberts, for those two delightfully sexy snippets. I think I need to try dining in the dark. <laughs> you can get your copy of Sacramento Love and Montreal Mischief by Laura Roberts on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and free to Kindle Unlimited subscribers, as well as at Barnes & Noble, Smashwords, and Kobo. The link for the books is in the podcast description. Let's move on to our next hot and heavy excerpt. This one is by Chris Bedell. Chris's previous publishing credits include a plethora of work. I urge you to check out his author page and peruse all of his amazing writing. The excerpt I'll be reading by Chris is Between Love and Murder, which is a young adult thriller that will appeal to fans who enjoy nonlinear storytelling and toxic love triangles. When I say nonlinear, I mean the chapters rotate between sections labeled before and after. The before sections tackle the present timeline which is three months before the murder, and the after sections tackle the future timeline, which deals with the murder and the subsequent aftermath. 
At its heart, Between Love and Murder seeks to turn the tables on the traditional definitions of hero and villain. The novel contains a lot of moral ambiguity. Between Love and Murder is an LGBTQ story where there are many problems, but being LGBTQ is not one of them. Our excerpt is a scene from the before section and involves some minor drama where characters discuss when they're going to have sex for the first time. Sounds like fun. Let's jump right in. Friday, October 19th, 2018. I strutted through the school hallway before first period only to shake my head. Mallory stood by Archie's locker, but them being together wasn't why my stomach remained tangled. Mallory's gesticulating and her constipated facial expression was why someone needed to call the UN. What's going on? I asked. We were arguing about whether or not it would rain tomorrow, Mallory said. I turned to Archie. Is she telling the truth? Yes, Archie said. Mallory licked her lips. I'll give you two a moment, but this isn't over, Archie. I'll prove to you that it's going to rain tomorrow if it's the last thing I do. Mallory and Archie couldn't have been arguing about the weather, and my reasoning wasn't about being cynical. The weather was what people discussed when they didn't actually want to chat about a real problem. Although I wasn't sure if I could handle discovering what they talked about before my arrival, I couldn't unlearn something once I learned it. Knowing Mallory, the topic of conversation must have been something bad. Even if I forgave Mallory, I couldn't forget her using Archie as a pawn. Archie hadn't deserved that. Mallory's problem was with me, not him. Give it your best shot, Archie touted. Mallory darted down the hallway and was soon out of sight. I glanced back at Archie. Tell me the truth. Were you really arguing about the weather? Why is it so hard to believe? Archie asked. Have you forgotten everything Mallory has done? Archie wrapped his hand around my neck, pulling me up against his body. After that, he resumed his soulful gaze. Stop worrying. I appreciate you not retaliating against Mallory because of her pursuing you to hurt me. However, you don't have to be positive all the time. I'm not lying. I rolled my eyes. Whatever you say, but don't say I didn't give you an opportunity to be honest. There's something else we should discuss, Archie said. And what's that? He bit his lip. We haven't had the talk yet. Perhaps Mom was psychic. Archie and I couldn't have been about to have the sex conversation, yet here I was, stomach in my throat. No amount of time we spent together changed how I never considered what my first time would be like. Great, bring it on, I said. He quirked his eyebrows. What? Have you never been with someone before? Yeah, I should have been a poker player. At least then, I would have known to hide my feelings more. Just because I had a feeling or opinion didn't mean the whole world needed to know about it. It's nothing to be embarrassed about, Archie continued. Easy for you to say. I'm sure you've been with hundreds of people. Archie glared at me. I was kidding, I said. I know. I was giving you a hard time. I don't even know where to begin, I said. I have a few ideas. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Life would be okay. Regardless of my cheeks being redder than Santa Claus's soup, this conversation might not have been entirely unexpected. That day at the tennis court electrified every neuron in my body. My blood couldn't help pumping through my veins faster with Archie leaning against me. Almost as if that day was the opening act of sleeping with Archie for the first time. Sunday, October 21st, 2018. Archie locked the door while I stood in front of my bed. 
Are we really doing this? he asked. We can wait if you want to. You never get your first time back. Once again, even the simplest statements contain the most profound truth. No matter how much I wished I had a time machine and could undo something if it didn't go well, life didn't work that way. Sometimes people just lived with disappointment, no matter how much the pain ached. Archie smiled. Well, I've never been sure of anything in my life. I pulled Archie in for a kiss. What happened next? Compared to a movie montage, because time didn't freeze no matter how appealing the idea was, and the trail of our clothes soon littered my bedroom floor while Archie leaned against me. I love you so much, Archie said. I cocked my head. I cocked my head. Hands still wrapped in Archie's. Me too. He pressed his lips against mine, their soft texture caressing my mouth. We might not have had forever, but we had right now, and that was enough. That was a sweet tidbit. I'm going to have to read more of this one. Thank you, Chris. You can get your copy of Between Love and Murder by Chris Bedell on Amazon in ebook and paperback and free to Kindle Unlimited subscribers. The link for the book is in the podcast description. This week's topic is a touchy subject for some. Cheating. I reached out to y'all on social media and wow, did I get some doozies. I knew people cheated, but... Holy Mother Mary of everything good in this world are people sneaky as fuck. The first story I heard from one of our listeners starts when a woman, who shall remain nameless, dated a man for four years, and they were even engaged. He was in a cover band and cheated on her with a groupie. Ouch. The woman he cheated on her with was named Dory, which pissed off our female listener even more because she saw her as a carbon-copy preppy bitch named after a fish. It's not funny to laugh at someone else's pain, but when she said that, I couldn't help but laugh. Our listener obviously told him to kick sand when she found out, but he proceeded to stalk her over the next two years. Since they spent so much time together, he had access to her online passwords and used them to track where she was going to be. One night, he showed up at a bar where she was hanging out with her friends. He was already at the bar waiting for them to walk in. Talk about creepy. They sat somewhere else, but he proceeded to send them drinks. She kept sending them back, and eventually he left, or so they thought. Her friend ran to her car to get something, and he was still in the parking lot demanding to speak to our listener. The police were called and he took off. A few weeks later... Our cheater-turned-stalker left flowers on her car with a suicide note. She called the police again, and after six hours of searching for him and getting screamed at by his family for supposedly causing his depression, because she made him cheat, right? Ugh. She found him unconscious in a gazebo on the beach. He was committed for two weeks and then released. He continued to follow her and tried to upload a sex tape he secretly made without her knowledge or consent because she refused to take him back. She was at her wit's end and used the last thing she could think of, a friendly relationship she had with a cop in town. He called the cheater, turned stalker, and asked him to come to the station where he proceeded to inform him he needed to stay away, or he was going to jail. He finally got the hint and left her alone after those two years. Sheesh, sometimes truth really is stranger than fiction. 
Our next cheating story starts with a nine-year difference between a man and a woman. Our female listener was 24 and her boyfriend was 43 at the time. She already knew he had an ex-wife and two sons. The boyfriend and his ex-wife hated each other, so that should have been a red flag right away. But he was the best sex she ever had, so she overlooked a few things she might not have normally. He moved in with her after his landlord sold the house he lived in. For two years, he slept in her bed unless he was working. He worked for a railroad and would stay in hotels that the railroad paid for during the week. He'd call up and ask her to come see him, so she'd take the train to spend the night with him enjoying each other's company, if you know what I mean. Until one night, she got to the room he was staying in and saw a list on his table. He apparently forgot to hide it, since it was a list of names, rates, and specialties of over a hundred different escorts and prostitutes. She was obviously grossed out and decided to take the list and left before he came out of the bathroom. When he got back to her house from work that weekend, his belongings were in a trash can on her porch, with the list attached. He tried to talk her into taking him back, swearing up and down that the list belonged to someone he worked with. Except she knew his handwriting. Shortly after throwing him out, she found out he had a baby girl and a wife in Pennsylvania. Then she also found out he had a girlfriend that was nine months pregnant with a child somewhere else. This guy had an ex-wife, two sons, a wife with a daughter, and another girlfriend other than her with another baby on the way. He was so busy. Ugh. I guess some people just don't know how to not cheat. Last but certainly not least, we have Violet. Violet's story might be very triggering for some people, so fair warning, it includes domestic violence, which I do not condone in the least. No one has any excuse to put their hands on anyone for any reason ever, plain and simple. Violet was sick at the time with various medical issues and terrified to be alone, so that was a big contributing factor to why she stayed in the relationship for so long. They were married, not for long, but they were still married. He beat her so badly he almost killed her one night. Then he tried to jump in front of a train and almost took her with him. Her final straw was when he threatened her nephew. She decided to turn the tables and beat the fuck out of him instead. He left after getting beaten instead of handing one out himself, and Violet found messages on his messenger account. He forgot to sign out of her phone, and another woman Violet knew and was not friends with in the least was sending him nudes. Violet confronted the other woman who proceeded to lie, swearing the pictures weren't of her. Violet then confronted her husband, and he told her the other woman sent them to someone else with a similar name that he just happened to use as an alias. Violet knew this was all bullshit, so she threw him out. Of course, he took some of her belongings from her home that didn't belong to him, and called Violet later begging to talk. She wanted the blankets and books he stole from her house, so she agreed to meet up and talk. Violet's next words were, and I quote, This cunt comes out with a plate of cookies. Do I want one? I flip the plate. End quote. After the cookie plate tossing, he started saying terrible things to her, and she snapped. She beat the ever-loving fuck out of him, after which he told people he got jumped by five guys. During the assault, her cousins were screaming at her that she was going to get arrested, but she didn't care. Violet gave him back every punch, kick, and hair pull he gave her over the course of their relationship and marriage. 
She called to file divorce and get a new copy of their marriage license when she was pleasantly informed they had never completed or submitted some kind of paperwork, so they were never legally married. Violet lucked out there. He ended up getting another girl pregnant. She had the baby and left him. He also has a daughter in another state who he abandoned. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please prove yourself to be enough of a decent person and show your partner enough respect as a human to break it off before you go dipping your pen in someone else's ink. There is no reason that anyone should ever be made to feel like they just weren't enough or that they were less than. You don't have the right to do that to anyone. And to those who tell you, hey, it just happened, or I was drunk, those are excuses. I'm sorry, but in my opinion, people get put into situations of their own accord when it comes to cheating. It's simple. Just don't do it. If what you think you might have with a new person is worth it, they can wait until you break it off with your current significant other. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Those are some strong words to live by, my friends. Let's leave this heavy topic on a light note. Our last sharer, Violet, says she's currently happy in her relationship with herself and her vibrator. Get yours, Violet. Well, that's all I have time for on this episode of Chanel Ivy's Steamy Romance Reads podcast. I hope you all enjoyed the time we spent together. I know I did. Check back with me soon, or better yet, click that follow button so you'll get notifications when my next podcast is released for your listening enjoyment. And don't forget that you can become a supporter of Chanel Ivy's Steamy Romance Reads podcast, where you can directly help us keep making and leveling up this sultry podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. Thank you to all our current and prospective supporters across the globe. We love you all. I'll read more exciting scenes from some of my books, as well as more of my author friends on our next Sultry session. Plus, I'll discuss even more sexy topics. I can't wait. But it's goodbye until next time, my naughty readers. And as always, happy reading, y'all. <laughs>